0: When we set up in business, people don't actually set up a business, they create themselves a job. So they ha- they work for someone else, they're not getting the credit, they, they think, they see the-, the business owner swanning off early on a Friday and playing golf, driving the Range Rover, and you think, well, What? I'm doing all the work. Well, I should have some of that. Yeah. So you go and get it, you don't realize all the extra hard things that you do. And and what happens is, let's say, for argument's sake, you were on 20 quid an hour working for him, you then figure out, I'll sell on my own, I'll charge 40 pounds an hour. I'm yeah. in. I'm done, but you haven't. You've just, you've created a job for yourself. It's yes. not actually a business. So that's the first thing.
1: Hello everybody, and thank you for tuning in to Small Business Financial Freedom. Today, I'm really excited that my guest is James Ashford. I've known James, I was at a Zero conference just before lockdown and I heard you speak there. Yeah. and loved it. And I've been following you ever since.
0: Oh, I, wonderful. I've
1: read both your books.
0: Yes, you're <laughs> the one.
1: Untapped and Selling to Serve. Yeah, I, I know they're mainly for the accountancy profession, but I do think that any small business could read them and pick up some tips and things from them.
0: Certainly, especially service-based businesses. Yeah, they yeah. work really well. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, Today, I want to start by just asking you to maybe give us a little bit, tell us a little bit about your entrepreneurial business journey, how you started, how you sort of got to where you
0: are just now. Okay. So I'll I'll try and do a condensed version and feel free to dive in and uh, steer me or speed me up or whatever. (laughs) So I think I'm not quite sure where it started in my thinking. I think... My, both my parents worked for large companies, and I saw them kind of work very hard for many hours. You know, my mum wouldn't be home at Christmas. She worked. She was running old people's home. She was the you know in, in charge of that. And then to see them give large parts of their lives to these companies, and then at the end. Like, my dad got half the pension he thought he would. My mum, like, cared yeah, for elderly hard. people in the latter years of their life. It was the most successful home in the entire chain, and I think got a bunch of flowers when she left. Yeah. And yeah. I, I saw my dad be particularly stressed, and I saw other people around, other, like, friends, parents, who had businesses, and they seemed to be happier. They seemed to be having more of a laugh. They seemed to drive nice to the cars, perhaps, or, you know. So I, I think that's part of it. And then the other thing was, I remember kind of graduating from university, and I I wanted to be a an artist. I wanted to be a portrait painter, and uh, I built a studio and I started doing it. But just at this time, I started to, I uh, got with my then now my now wife. I had a stepdaughter, and so all of a sudden, to think that I was going to make a living from painting Painting. was a a bit of a stretch. But still, time though,
1: James, still time. No, there is
0: still time, and. I had this thought, which was, how do I solve the problem of money? How can I solve the problem in money in our life forevermore, not only for me, but for my children as well? So we have freedom." Because I think what we're all after, I think the thing that connects everybody, I think, especially business owners, is that we're looking for freedom. We're looking to be free to do the things we want to do when we want to do them with the people we want to do them with for as long as we want to do them.
1: Hallelujah.
0: That's it. That's what we're all after. And I think in my my understanding was that I felt that if that I could achieve this through a business so that was kind of the 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 seedlings of those thoughts Susan many years ago 20 odd years ago which is where that started.
1: And how Um, did you actually start did you sort of did you go into something artist or creative
0: or? Well I've, I've done I've tried. I've, I've attempted so many business ventures over the years, little things, making things and selling things, and so I've always been. I've always had that entrepreneurial spirit. Even when I was in school, I'd be kind of making things and selling things, and and it, not not with any level of success at all. But that was always kind of a, a, a dream to, to do that. Then went to university, graduated, did loads of jobs. So, so I was a bit like Forrest Gump in that somebody said. The, there's a teaching job available in the prisons near us. I'm pointing this way, like you know where yeah. the prisons are. <laughs> so, kind of, I, I taught there, and then my friend said, Do "You want to move?" To, my, my parents have got a flat in London, and it's it's next door to Liam Gallagher's house, and the oh, rent well, really why cheap. Wouldn't you move? Yeah, so I'm like, okay, so I moved down there for a bit, and then I was a close-up magician, and I was waitress. <laughs> I've got all these different things that were useful, and at the time. kind of you you don't really know the benefits you're getting from them but when i reflected back you can join the dots up so working in the prison was wonderful in terms of how do you kind of influence the group of people that don't want to be there at all to kind of do some work work working to create draw paintings or working maths or whatever it is i was teaching and then with with magic how do you get 10 drunk people sat at a wedding table who hate magicians didn't invite you there don't believe in magic, how can you convince them that magic's real within five minutes? So that's where I developed my sales skills. Yeah. So all of these different experiences, unknown to me, were building this, this set of skills. I moved back to Doncaster, got with my wife, and then um, worked for a few companies. The recession hit 2007, 2008, got May redundant once, got another job, got May redundant again. And I thought, I'm going for it, this is it. So we had our first child together on the way, and I said, Becky, I know how we're going to make loads of cash and I have loads of free time. You know, I've always said I wanted to build a business. I'm going for it. So that was when I started my marketing agency. And it was the absolute opposite of that. There was no free time. There was no money. No. And, um, I, and think, I think
1: a lot of small businesses that are listening to this will be going, yeah, that's me. Yeah, that's me. Yeah,
0: that's me. <laughs> that's and exactly the other thing me. Is, is, You're skilled at your craft. So in my case, it was web design. You know, people listening, they could be a fantastic plasterer or a wonderful accountant or whatever it may be. And then we get seduced into thinking that business is easy because you've watched Dragon's Den and you've watched The Apprentice and you've read a couple of Richard Branson's books, right? And you get into it and you realize that business is really hard. And there's so many things you don't know. So you're an expert at your craft or very good at your craft, but you're an absolute amateur everything else how do you recruit how do you retain staff how do you build systems and processes how do you advertise and market and manage yeah. your finances yeah and we got a lot of it right in that business but i got my finances wrong okay um and th- every decision that you make I- i'm always interested in It's the kind of these one degree shifts so if you make a one degree shift here that doesn't seem like a big decision and that's all that happened with my finances we made a one degree shift but if you don't have up-to-date information and someone with you to guide you and yes. to know if you're on track, you take that forward 12 months, you can be way off track. Right. Yeah. And yeah. then you make another little one and another little one. And all of a sudden, which was my case, I'm on the edge of a cliff. I don't realize I'm on the edge of a cliff until someone came and took my blindfold off. And then you can see the reality in front of you. Yeah. And then you either then think, can I back out of this? Can we get out of this? Or am I going to go over and, I'd become stretched too thin, lost my love of of that business, and we went over the edge.
1: Yeah. In fact, I was seeing a new client just yesterday. I would rather you phoned me and told me what you were going to do or asked me about what you were going to do, then three months, six months later, I'm talking to you, and you're telling me, and I'm going, what the did you do that for?
0: (laughs) And and you don't know, like I remember we took on a big web project and the guy said, I'll take it on. If we can spread the payments over 12 months. She so like, yeah. okay, seems to make sense. I'll do it. Not realizing that I'm now financing his project for yes. 12 months. Yes. And that's okay. In 12 months time. Yeah. but You only need a few of them projects. You're like, Hang on a minute. I don't have enough money to pay my staff this month. What's going on? Right. And so, if you don't have a budget and a forecast and someone checking that you're still on track with those decisions, you go over. And I think it was a combination of not having the right accountant, trying to do too much ourselves, and not investing enough in the finance function of that business and being naive as well.
1: And do you think, I think a lot of small businesses, think they can get by without accountants or think they can get cheap accountants, if you see what I mean. I get a lot of, oh, well, so-and-so down the road, I'm getting quoted, and I think, well, go with them. You're not going to get me if you're going to pay that. And I always know it's not a client I want if they start questioning because they don't understand the value that an accountant can bring it, was that do you think that was you at the start?
0: I think so. I think as a business owner, you, you're looking to keep costs low and you don't want to necessarily waste money. And I think if you spend a certain amount of money, like if you're just getting the compliance function fulfilled yes. from your accountant, yeah. it yeah. does feel like you're just wasting like, I don't see anything. Like I don't benefit from this, no. right? I'm no. just not going to prison as a result of what I'm spending yes. my money on, right? Or getting yeah. fined. Yeah. So Then you think in your head, well, if I can get that cheaper, I'm not not really getting any benefit from it anyway, so I might as well get it cheaper. What people fail to realize is if they actually invested beyond that and pushed through it, then all of a sudden now they've got someone on their team in their corner helping them to plan a a future that they can see based on the information that we've got to set clear goals for ourselves, to take away all of those activities that that we try and do ourselves or we get our team to to free us up of all those things so that we can focus on our the 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 highest and best use activities for ourselves that we can get the data we need to make informed decisions and ultimately the business is an asset you know it's not a job You built the the business itself is a product, it's an asset that can be sold. And so what happened was with with the first business where I massively underinvested, I then went and went all in and studied the best businesses I thought in the world and got mentored and read, devoured every book I possibly could and educated myself. Then I started to help other businesses to avoid the mistakes that I'd made. And then through helping these various businesses across a, a, a range of industries, finally met an accountancy firm. And I solved the problem of how they priced and sold their services. And that was when I developed Go Proposal. Yeah. And all of these thoughts I'd had from 20 years previously of, I want to build a business that's going to create financial freedom, et cetera. It was just like, I think this is it. The thing I've been looking for all this time, kind of the stars aligned. And so when I built that business from day one, it was built to sell. And so because of that, we had to invest at the right level because... You know, when I went through the sales process, which obviously we ultimately did build it and sell it, then the first question anyone asks when they're coming to buy it is, "Send me three months—the last three years of your monthly management accounts." Yeah, and I was able to say within five minutes, "There's the folder; they're all there." Crack on, like, and it was the speed that I could get it, and the accuracy of it was was so key. If you don't have those, you can't sell your business. No. And so, I think back to your original question of. Do you think people try to, you know, keep the cost down and stuff? I think what happens is they speak to the mates. What are you spending on accounting? What are yeah. you spending on accounting, right? Yeah. My mm-hmm. brother's got um, a 10 million pound e-commerce business and I bet he spends 400 quid a month with their accountant, right? Yeah. By the time we sold our business, it was a one and a half million pound revenue business. Yeah. And we were spending six grand a month with our accountant. And he's like, you create, why are you spending all that you create your stupid da, 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 da. I'm like you couldn't sell your business no. you, you you just wouldn't be able to sell it right we could and we attracted a high multiple for it because of the robustness of uh, the finance the finance system in place
1: it's interesting to see that when you set it up when you set up Go proposal that you set it up day one knowing that you were going to sell it because I think A lot of small businesses wouldn't think, I mean, I don't think like that. I don't think when I'm working away, okay, in five years' time or in 10 years' time or whatever, I'm going to sell this business. Yeah. And when I first started up, I didn't think, okay, I'm starting up to sell it. Yeah. I know I will sell it. And I think I remember having a conversation with my oldest son who said to me, What are you eventually going to do with it, mum? And yeah, I said yeah, to him, I'm going to sell it. And he went, can you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, yes, of course I can sell it. <laughs> yeah. But I yeah. don't think a lot of businesses, I think a lot of businesses start up with the, well, I don't know, let's see what you think. I, I started up because I wanted that, I was fed up working for somebody else, a bit yeah. like you seeing, you seeing your mum and dad. And I wanted to see if I could do it Yes. Because I always felt like I never got the credit. You know, mm. somebody else always got it. So I wanted to see if I could do it, if I yeah. was. And in saying that, there's a lot of people that can't do it.
0: Yeah. yeah. They
1: just don't. I've got a lot of clients that have started up and then a year or two later said to me, it's not for me. I want to go back. I want to have a normal monthly salary. I want to know that I'm going to have this much money coming yeah, in. Yeah, I just wanted to know. So... I wasn't thinking about selling it. I just wanted to see if I could do it.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: And I also thought it's going to be great because I'm going to have all this time.
0: Yeah, yeah. How wrong was I? (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know, right. So first of all, there's a few things you said there, which is great and and just to acknowledge them. So, So first of all, business is super hard, right? And people don't talk about this and people think that it's, Easy, easier than they think. They think they're going to achieve success quicker and they're not going to need much help. So it's the equivalent of thinking they're going to climb Everest with a backpack on their own, right? Yeah. First of all, you're not. So let's just scale back Everest and let's just set ourselves a high mountain, probably not Everest. You're going to need to be apt, you're going to be tra- need to be trained, you're going to need to be tooled up, you to have all the equipment and you're going to need to set a Sherpas with you at least to get up this right. You're not going to do this on your own. Yeah, And so... I remember when I started in business, somebody said to me, it's going to take you 10 years to be successful in business. And I said, 10 years, thats a long time. He said, yeah, but it's better than never. Okay. And I held that thought with me and I, I, I'll show you a diagram in a bit. I'm, I'm giving a talk at a college tomorrow and i plotted my journey for the first time from leaving and at, like above ground and below ground. And I'll, I'll show you, it if you if you're interested, yeah. but it's that and the timeline stacked up. So I think it's far harder than you think. When you set up, I think sometimes people, I'm not saying you did this, Susan, but when we set up in business, people don't actually set up a business. They create themselves a job. So they ha- they work for someone else. They're not getting the credit. They they think they see the, the business owner swanning off early on a Friday and playing golf, driving the Range Rover, and you think, what, what? I'm doing all the work. Well, I should have some of that. Yeah. So you go and get it. You don't realize all the extra hard things that you do. And, and what happens is, let's say, for argument's sake, you were on. 20 quid an hour working for him, you then think out oh, I'll sell my own, I'll charge 40 pounds an hour and yeah. quids in. I'm I'm done, but you haven't, <laughs> you've just you've created a job for yourself. Yeah. That's not actually a business. So that's the first thing. And then back to when you're saying um that I built it to sell, and there is a brilliant book called Built to Sell by John Warrillo, actually, but it, it wasn't just that. And and but what what we what we, sh- we shouldn't build a business with just an exit strategy in mind, it's about having an option strategy. So if you think about all the options that you would need in business, so for example, I want to scale it. I want to massively increase it. I want to back myself out of it and I don't want to work anymore. And I want the business to run without me. I want it to make a certain amount of money I want to be able to sell it. I want to be able to franchise it. These are all different options that you may want to have. And what you want to do is get to the point where you have as many options as possible, as fast as possible, because you don't know what the future is going to bring. There could be a huge opportunity for you that you you want to be able to take advantage of. You want to be able to scale, right? Or your personal circumstances could change such that you can now only work three days a week. Right, so you need to back out of the business, or or whatever, or someone could come along, as in our case, and wanted to buy it. You have to be ready for all of those eventualities. And curiously, they all the things that you need in place to be able to do all of them. It's the same stuff. Everything aligns. If you've got a business that can scale, that could be franchised, that can run without you, that could be sold. All of the same principles are in place. You've got a strong culture. You've got the businesses run by on systems, not by people. You've got a great team there. Everything's procedurized. You've got a playbook for how everything run, runs. It's built on a strong financial system. You, you're attracting a flow of your dream customers. You have great credibility in the marketplace. You know, you, you're not the bottleneck in anything. Nothing can be dependent upon you. For, for all of those things to be successful, all of those things need to be in place. It's all the same stuff.
1: I can hear a lot of my small businesses going, Yeah, but where do I find time to do all that? Where do I find time to do it all? And to be truthful with you, when I started up, I just sort of head down, work, work, work. And I wasn't thinking about any of those things that you said. It wasn't until a couple of years then, I thought, no, I can't keep going like this. I've got it. Something's got to give. Something's got to change, and I started gradually changing things, making time to change things. But I know a lot of small businesses will be saying, "I haven't got time to do it." Yeah, yeah. I think I think you just need to find time, don't you? I, I I find it. I found it by sticking time in my calendar, blocking time off, saying. Might be a week. This week I'm taking off because I'm working on my business. So I'm looking at setting up systems. I'm looking at the marketing. I'm looking at where I'm going in a year's time, where I'm going in six months time. And a lot of small businesses will say, I can't do that. I can't do that.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's difficult, isn't it? It's really hard. I've I'm trying to get some more stats about kind of business su- success. I- I've got a sunset that I believe it, that I do believe in. And I'm working with them to build out some more information for me. But it was it was a study of, I think, like two and a half thousand businesses set up in 2017 over a five-year period. And over that five-year period, 50% of them had gone bust. 25% of them were stagnating, about to go bust. Yeah. 25% of them kind of were. Were, were growing, 0.1% sold in that time. And I think 1% got over a million pound in revenue. Wow. Like that it's so, so tough. And, and and people don't talk about this because that's not the cool side of things. No, We were one of those businesses that did all of those things. So we succeeded, got over a million pound in revenue and we exited. So we were kind of one of a, in a thousand or one in 10,000 or whatever that w- works out at businesses. So, so it's hugely, hugely tough. Where do you find the time? You've got to make the time. The the amount of effort you've got, you've got to put in is ridiculous. And I was looking at, I watched an interesting video yesterday, Susan, that was about what are the common traits of successful business owners who become wealthy as a result of it. And they were trying to like, find kind of comparison things that connected them together. Right. So they were saying, do they all wake up at 5am in the morning? It's like, no, some of them, Wake up early, some of them wake up late. Are they all super fit? No, some of them are super <laughs> fit, some of them aren't fit. Like, there was nothing they could connect with the exception of three things. The first one was they had a, a big goal. They were prepared to set a big goal and to dare to believe that there was a chance that they could go and achieve it. So this, this idea that you could go and get it. Secondly, and I thought this was a really interesting one, they had a massive inferiority complex. So they believed they weren't good enough and oh, they had yeah. to do better. And it was kind of the paradox between I've set this big goal and I don't believe I'm good enough. So therefore I need to improve and improve. Yeah. And then the final third thing was the ability to focus on one thing consistently for a prolonged period of time. And that was the thing that connected those first two together. And so, you you know, it is super hard. It is possible. You have to have the right people around you. That's really key. But you have to find the time. And what what you were saying, like book the meeting in your diary. If you had a meeting with the client today for two hours or three hours, yeah. you would give them your full attention. You yeah. would turn your phone off. You would focus on them, et cetera. Yet when you set time aside to work on your business, oh, just check that email. Oh, someone's ringing me. Oh, yeah. I need you. Like you allow you allowed that to happen where you have to see yourself as the the most important customer you've got is you. And you have to set that time. I'm okay with people being upset with me because I don't get back to them. If I'm working on a project and and trying to get something over the line, I'll ignore everyone, and I'll tell them, "Listen, I'm ignoring you, but I'm ignoring my mum as well. So please don't take it personally. Like, I'm ignoring everybody."
1: Yeah, yeah, you have to do that. You really have to do that. But that took me a that took me a good couple of years to sort of click with that. Another thing that clicked with me was accountability. You know, I work. there's me sort of thing. I'm a solo entrepreneur. It's sometimes it's difficult. And I joined various accounting groups and it was just great to talk to other accountants and to find out that they were going through exactly the same problems and to maybe get solutions from them and even be held, you know, get some mentors and be held accountable for them to say to me, a month later or two months later. Have you done that yet? Why haven't you done it? Sort of thing. And I think the accountant now can play that role for their clients.
0: 100%.
1: Because I don't think it's all all compliance anymore. I think that if you're having regular meetings with your clients, you can say to them, okay, what were you planning to do last month? Have you done it? Why haven't you done it? You know, what's the reasons? Yes. And don't give me excuses.
0: Yeah. No, the, I think that's a great role, you know, for the accountant to hold their clients to account. That's yeah. the thing. But for that to happen, they have to have a, a cash flow forecast and a budget in place. You know, that's, yes. you, you can't run and scale a successful business if once a year you're not sitting down and saying, right, where do you want to get to this year? Yeah. And, and, and they have to be meaningful. I remember with Growing Go proposal, and my accountant said, right, we're going to do the, this exercise this year. Where do you want to get to by the end of the year? How many customers? And I'm like a thousand. He's like, why? I said, well, it's a thousand, isn't it? It's a thousand. <laughs> he says, it doesn't mean anything. Like, it, it doesn't. Like, how much income do you and Becky need to be able to live a have a really great year this year? Like, we yes. wanted to go to Lapland that year. Becky wanted a new car. You know, all these things. Okay, so we agree that a monthly income amount, right? How many clients will we need in order get for you that. to be able to get that amount? Let's And it was like 436 or something like that. Right. So that's the goal. So we went for that, got the income, and it started to change things at home. So we had a very strong financial plan at home. We were very aligned, Becky and I, knowing what we're doing personally with our finances and where we wanted to get to. The business then had a very clear cash flow forecast in place and a budget and a kind of a, an overarching three-year plan as to where we're trying to get to. We had an ultimate end game with the business as well that we knew that we're trying to attract a certain level, a certain valuation. And that was what we're we're aiming towards ultimately with the business as well. So a big goal for the business is really key. Then once you've got that, you have to have a set of monthly management accounts that effectively says, are we on track? You said you're going to be here by this point in the year. Are you? If not, what are you going to do this month to get there and if monthly is too much then certainly quarterly but it could be no less than quarterly yeah so the, and and quote i quite like quote so manager- yeah saying, sorry quarterly is quite good because you
1: you've also got vat returns and things quarterly
0: is good i think monthly is you- good to get a report you need i think that's useful but that could be quite a, a straightforward report and then month, a quarterly to be held to account because then you've got like a hundred yeah. days ish kind of 90 days-ish yeah but and you can kind of do some real damage in that time so you could set me a goal right well i need to re- increase our number of clients coming in by this much or whatever you need you need to know the key metrics you need to know the dials that are going to ultimately contribute to that revenue or that profit growth so we we knew what all those dials were and then ultimately you're going to hold me to account to do that And you have to, you know, you need someone in your corner. Who's going to have that difficult conversation? James, you said you're going to have this number of customers, by this date. you haven't got it. Why? What are you doing? And you don't have to have the answers for me because the business owners have the answers, but they just need to have someone who's prepared to have a difficult conversation with them to kind of draw those answers out and to say, right, well, this is what we're going to aim for for next quarter or for next month as well. Hugely, I don't see how you can grow and succeed in business without that.
1: No, no. It's quite good to have some financial freedom goals as well, I call them, which is the, the the point of this podcast, is to say to my clients, what would you really love to do? You know, what yes. would financial freedom mean to you? Yes. So let's set that, let's set one of them as a goal for the next three months or even for the end of the year and aim for it. And it could be anything. It could be some of them say, to be able to go and pick my kids up from school would be really nice.
0: It's wonderful.
1: Yeah. Some of them say to have a four day week, to have a Friday off. You yes. Know, that would be great so that I can switch off and I've got three days where I can spend with my family or I can go and do, I can go and play golf or I can go and get my nails done or, you know, whatever. Yes. it could be simple things like that. Or it could be I want to be earning this amount of money sort of thing, which is a bigger yes. goal. Yeah. And I think that's important to have financial freedom and to start putting plans in place to get there.
0: Yes. Otherwise, what's the point of doing it all? Yeah. You know, if we, if we acknowledge the fact that actually being in business is really hard. So if you're going to do it, what are you going to get from it? And your goals that you just described there were my goals. I want to take my kids to and from school every day. I wanted to, Becky, she had a really tough gig being, a, she was a secure psychiatric nurse in a, an offending institute. So she, she'd she been attacked and various things. So she wanted to leave that job to have the freedom to do what she wanted to do. Yeah. So now I had to cover her income. So that was another goal. Wanted to move closer to the children's school because we lived out of catchment area, but that meant a, ha- a higher increase in property costs. And then there was one year, for example, where we went to to Lapland and I remember we, this one, we hadn't actually planned it in, but we got to kind of December and I had, had a couple to drink. And I think Paul had as well, who was my accountant. I remember ringing him saying, oh, I text him, Paul, <laughs> Becky's sister and their family are going to Lapland. Is there any way that we can find the cash and I in the business go to. <laughs> to, go, to go as well? And he messaged me back and said, if you don't, what's the point of us doing all this? Yeah, yeah. So he says, I'll, fi- I'll get the cashes in the business. Let's get it out. Let's get it booked. And I remember going back to Becky and saying, go book the holiday. Yeah. And we went to Christmas, went, you know, flew to Lapland. We're there over Christmas Day and still having most incredible memory. It's still like in the top children's top three holidays of all time. Got shivers as I'm, I'm thinking about it. And that's ultimately why we do, when you're talking about freedom, we, we're we're here for such a short time. I used to say you only get so many laps of the sun, right? But yeah. I started to adjust that now because that it doesn't actually anchor it really. So I'm 44 now. So let's say I live till I'm 94. So let's say I've got 50 years left, right? So we're going away on holiday this year, this summer. I've got 50 summers left. Yes. 50 summers, 50 Christmases. Like it it really puts it into perspective when you start to talk about how many of those, how great do you want them to be? What memories do you want to create throughout those times? And that's why we we do what we do. So, to your point, um, Susan, and it's rare that accountants have these conversations. It's wonderful that you're having these type of conversations with, with your clients because if you don't, you can't you can't unlock that value for them. You can't get them to to no. think because because if it's if if they're just trying to increase their revenue a bit, I won't find the time. I won't make the time to do them things I need to do. No, if I'm trying to pay a... for my Lapland holiday this year, yeah, I will find. I'll make the time.
1: Yeah. Has to be something that's meaningful to them.
0: Yes, yes. There
1: was, there's somebody who wrote a book, isn't there, about so many days. You've only got so many days in your life, or something. Is that not, is that not a book I read just recently, or something? So many. I'm days. sure
0: someone recommended a book to me recently, similar to that. But yeah, yeah, yes.
1: And it is. It is. It is very true. It's just finding your financial freedom and also getting them to realise that they're the most important asset in their business. Because yes, I think a lot of small businesses will do everything to pay everybody else. Yes. So they'll always pay their staff. They'll always pay the people that they owe money to. They'll always pay their rent and all the rest of it. And if there's any money left, they'll have it. Yeah. They've got to start thinking, pay themselves first. That's yes. the most important lesson, I think because they're the most important asset in the business. The business wouldn't be there without them.
0: Yes. So they've got to pay themselves first. And people will put the clients first, or like I said, the staffers, they have to put themselves first because that's the only thing unique about their business really, is it's the only business designed to give them the life they want. So they have to put themselves first. And then the next goal, the, the next priority is their team because they can't grow their business. The team can grow their business. They have to develop and grow the team. So the team are the priority next. And then it's the clients. And I see so many businesses, especially accountants, they put the clients first. You can't put your clients first. The clients have to come in the right order. Otherwise, the foundations won't be in place correctly.
1: So if you were a new business owner, what advice would you give them? If they're just starting up, somebody that's just thinking, okay, I'm going to start, or maybe somebody that's been up and running for a couple of years that's struggling, what would you say to them?
0: Yeah. So my big breakthrough was when I started to, to read. So you don't want to make all the mistakes yourself. You might as well learn from other people. Yeah. Um, I did a, a post on LinkedIn recently, Susan, about kind of my top, I think like 28 books or something, but I, I've split them into categories to say like, what's your challenge? Is it systemizing? Is it marketing or whatever? So I've tried to group my top 28 books there but like if you were serious about this you could do one of those books a week I listen to them on an audio on audio but if you think about you know if you go to the gym or you go for a walk or you've got a drive yeah. or whatever you can fi- you can find that time stop stop watching box sets I don't watch box sets on TV like I don't have time to do that like reinvest that time you could do 28 books in 28 in 28 weeks quite easily you could find those seven hours per book to do that so I would say educate yourself especially on on the area that you're, areas that you're struggling, you've got to get the finance function right in place. The, the, the primary function of your business, the primary function, not the reason, not the purpose, the primary function of your business is to make money. That's yes. it. It can seem really cold. No, it's not. My purpose is I want to save the planet. My purpose <laughs> is I want to give employment to lo- local people. Beautiful. They're beautiful reasons why. They'll get you out of bed in the morning. They'll get you fired up, et cetera. Wonderful. However, you could have a crap reason why and you make a load of cash and you will survive yeah yeah but you could have the most beautiful reason why and you make no money and you will fail so the primary function of your business is is to make money so if that's the if that's the truth which it is you've therefore got to make sure you've got the right systems around you and the right people around you connected to that we need to make sure that you have all of the data you need on a regular basis like weekly reconciliation with your book everything is built on great bookkeeping okay people see bookkeeping as like a a, a throwaway thing or I can do it myself or I can get my partner to do whatever it is the the key to unlocking everything is bookkeeping, so week reconciliation or even daily reconciliation as well. So we've got the data in in the system. A, a big long term plan, so you know where you're getting and why you're doing what you're doing. Certainly a twelve month plan as, as as well with a, a cash flow forecast and a budget. Critical, absolutely critical. A friend of mine recently got a little bit stuck in his business, and one thing I got him to do, which is a really useful exercise, is to produce your organizational chart for your business today and where it needs to get to okay. so the reason why that's so key is because one of the biggest costs in your business is going to be bringing people in so if you don't know that well actually if i want to get my business to whatever it is one million pound in revenue or i want to only work three days a week or i want my marketing to be improved whatever that may be that is going to likely involve people that you are going to have to go and recruit well yeah. you need to now know What does that team of people look like when your business has got to the point you want to get it to? What's their salaries that you're going to be paying them? And where do they fit in the timeline? Like, who do you need today? Who are you going to need in three months' time, six months' time? All that stuff has got to be planned in to your budget because, you know, if if you've got to bring someone in on 30 grand a year in six months' time, well, they would probably have to work three months' notice. It's going to take you a month to narrow them down a month to advertise so you've got to start like five months before recruiting that person and you might need to buy them a laptop and get them insured and various things as well so you need to know all the costs associated with that so putting that org chart in place is actually really good because it gives you clarity who have i got now why am i working so many hours where do i need to get to and who do i need next is a really useful thing And And make sure you invest in it. Sorry, we're going to say something there, Susan. I was going
1: to say, uh, one of the things I say is, if you've got that plan in place, start putting money aside now. So build up a little pot, take the money out of the, the business account and put it into another account and call it staff. Yes. So that you know in six months' time, seven months' time, you're going to have the money there to invest in that yeah. member of staff that you want.
0: Yes, Th- those pots are absolutely key. So because I'd, I'd had the issue financially with my previous business and went through that being wound up and all the pain associated with that, and splitting up with my wife, remortgaging the house, all of those things that happened, we got that together eventually. But I know the pain of going through all that. I was never going. I was going to make sure I avoided that forevermore. Yeah. So when I set up the business. We invested at the right level into the finance function. So I always say it's somewhere between two and 4% of your revenue that you should be investing into your finance yeah. function. Yeah. Okay. I see. It, it depends 5%. on industry and yeah. second. Sorry. I see up to about 5%. Up to 5%. Absolutely. It can differ for different industries and different yeah. sizes and various things, but I think that's a really good rule of thumb. I wanted to make sure that I built up three months of overheads in an account. Yeah, and then I, I then built that up to six months. All the tax to be saved in another yes. account, yeah, separate as well. That's a great one. So we're a software business, right, Susan? We're a SaaS business, and I'm from Yorkshire, which I think plays a part in this because I'm a high Yorkshireman. Right. So I wanted to take investment, and I wanted our business to be profitable. So after month three. We were a profitable software company and we always maintained it. And people used to say to me, why don't you take investment? Why did not you get it? I'm like, because I want to sleep. So yeah. my software business was actually built on just an old school business model of having six months overheads in the bank, be as profitable as you possibly can, You know, have, have your tax set to one side, just the principles that stand the test of time, right? And now we're seeing in, the, in certainly in the software space things are changing and stuff and, and lots of software companies are really struggling. Right. Yeah. But the, my model was a solid model. So I know I've kind of, I'm trying to distill down what I've just said to you there. So making sure you've got the right finance system in place, that you've got the right people on board to help you. Don't think you can do it yourself. Don't attempt to do it yourself because if you think, Oh yeah, but it's just bookkeeping, it's just, it's all matches up itself. Doesn't it? I just click it. Yeah, that's fine. Whilst everything works out. Right. But then in three years' time, in three years' time, (laughs) something needs to be unpicked and uncovered from three years ago. The next month of your life will be devoted to figuring out that one problem that you could have solved if you just spent some money on it early on. Don't attempt to do it. It's the equivalent of saying, I'm building me out. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to build a house. I'm going to get builders in. I'm going to get this book. Foundations, it's just digging, isn't it? It's just digging some holes in the (laughs) ground and putting some stuff in. So I build it fine. So you build and build and build. And then all of a sudden the house starts to wobble wobble and falls over. The, The finance function is those foundations. And as you grow your business, you have to keep growing back into foundations. So you need to set a solid foundation to start with, and then you build up, then you get to a point and then you need to build back down. So grow, you you can't just keep growing you have to grow into foundations to widen them deepen them and strengthen them so we can grow up again and then we grow back down again and a big part of those foundations is your finances.
1: So what are you thinking about these um accounting software packages? I mean I'm a zero fan. I love, yeah. love 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 zero. But what annoys me is people like QuickBooks And all the rest of it, advertising. It's so simple. You can do your own VAT returns. It's so simple. You can do your year-end accounts. And I think, no, it's not. Rubbish in, rubbish out. I got a good one. I got a client who's got in touch with me. I I got in touch with him, actually, because I got a letter from HMRC about his tax. And I said, I went back to him and said to him, your tax is awful high this year. I hadn't heard from him for about six months. Tax is awful high this year. I'm just checking. Is everything okay? And he came back and said, yeah, well, I did it all myself. Seemed really easy. And I said to him, well, I don't think it's right. Do you want me to look at it for you? And he said, yeah, I'll send you the information. And my God, what a mess he'd made. Mm. So I had to go back to him and say, I'm going to have to sort it all. It's going to cost you a fortune to sort it all. If you just used me, yes, carried on using me like you'd been using me, then this wouldn't have happened. It, I think it's, they it's think just... it's so easy with these software packages and it's not. Yeah.
0: No, it's not all, you know, the software is great and how it can be connected together, you know, to get all the data and stuff. But <laughs> if you think about, you know, what we achieved and how we grew and et cetera, I never logged if you're logging into your software, if you're logging into your accounting software, you do what what are you doing? Why are you as an as a as a business owner, I should never have to log into my accounting software. That's for you. That To my mind, that enables my accountant to manage things better. I have got better things to be doing, and so do all of my team. We should be focused on growing the business and moving the dials and and moving things forward. If I want some data, I'll message my accountant and say, can you show me this? Can you send me that report? Can you get me this? I'm not logging in. I don't want to. I ain't got time to do that. And it's really dangerous to think that you can do this. And I think you could draw lots of analogies for different businesses. It's like, um, let's say you've got a, a painter. I think sometimes, Susan, for your benefit, you need to put it in your client's terms so they understand it. So let's say you've got a painter and decorator. Painting's easy, isn't it? I can go to being cute. I can give them my color chart. I can come home and I can just slap paint on the wall. And And a painter will be like, it's not about putting paint on the wall. It's all about preparation. You know, a good painter, a good painter, if they've got five days in a room, We'll Spend four days prepping the room, prepping, yes. sanding it back, smoothing, filling, getting everything ready, and one day painting. As an amateur painter, you spend 10 minutes prepping. You
1: <laughs> so start and, and then, then
0: you then, think, I can't be bothered. <laughs> and then what does the painter have to do? The first thing they come in and say, Right, this all needs coming back off. We have to go back again and get, get back to the woodwork, right? And so everybody thinks that every other profession is easy. I used to work in a pub, and you, like people used to. Turn up like a, I think they used to think. So you open the doors at 12 o'clock, let's say, that you and the landlord turn, turn up at 10 to 12, open yeah. the doors, turn the lights on, and you're away. They don't see everything else that goes into that. So, yeah, I think I don't want to point things, but I do quick books messaging, I do think is the, the worst messaging in making people think that it's easy. And, and I think that's a huge mistake because that was the mistake I got to in my first business. Like, for example, we ran our own payroll. Right. And, uh, I remember pay my payye into what we thought was the right account. So did everything that we thought were right. And you know, you're struggling in business. You're not making enough money. And then I got a, a check from HMRC saying you owed all these tax back. It was like five grand. And I'm like, Becky, we can go on holiday. <laughs> and it, whatever the amount was, 5,384 pounds. Right. So we went on holiday, came back, There's another letter on the floor saying you're £5,384. I'm like, how has this happened? We've been paying it into the wrong pay by E account. Um, We made some mistakes with our VAT. Not intentionally, just some mistakes. We missed a VAT deadline. Then we missed another one like a year later, which triggered a VAT inspection. As a business owner, to have to go through a VAT inspection and nothing major came out. A couple of grand maybe came out, but these things here that you just you think are easy and they're easy until they're, they're not until yeah. something goes wrong because you will have to unpick it and and the thing is with tax law it's the only law in the country you correct me if i'm wrong here susan it's the only law in the country which is you are guilty until, until you, you prove you're innocent is, yes yeah
1: i say that and to all my clients the, tax the amount tax... of time you <laughs> you're, guilty you're, you're, you're guilty, innocent, guilty you're guilty you're guilty
0: I'm telling you. But why <laughs> should? If you're a business owner, there's things that you can do that bring the most value to your business. If you are not doing those things, you should be spending time with your family. Yeah. And you should be bringing other people in to do the other tasks. And when you bring them people in, they in turn will, will have their skills and their abilities where they can bring the most value as well. And anything that is not to do with that, you're taking them away from pushing that rock up the hill. Invest Invest properly into that finance function. Don't see it as the lesser of, you know, any as an evil. And it's, this is the one. Don't speak to your mates about it. What are you spending yeah. that for? You can do it all yourself on QuickBooks. Well, I'm only <laughs> spending this much. I'm only spending, yeah. And you've all got crap businesses that are going to go under one day. I'm building something very different. So I have to ignore everybody.
1: I get the good ones where I was speaking to a bloke in the pub and he says, his accountant says that he can claim this. Yeah. Why can't I claim it? Yeah. Because you can't. I don't know yes. why his accountant's claiming it, but you can't claim it. Anyway, I, I was going to say to you, just wrapping up. What do you do now, James? Now that you've sold Go Proposal and all the rest of it, what do you do now? How's well, your
0: How's your day spent? Well, I'm actually busier than ever because, or I was busy. Yeah, busier than certainly the last few years. As part of the deal, and um, so we built Go Proposal up. We started to get a few different companies being interested in us. And started to talk some big numbers. None of it turned into anything. But then we realised that we we're at a point where maybe we could sell. But in order to sell, you've got to have someone that wants to buy you. Yeah. So we, we took the business to market. Six companies were interested. Two made us offers, and one of them we accepted, and that was Sage. Sage. And as part of that deal, I've got a commitment to work with them for a couple of years to first of all make sure Go proposal integrates properly, and we've kind of done that t- task now. But it wouldn't have been right for me to stop either because I'm still so passionate about so many things in this space. Yeah. So I'm grateful that you've invited me on to, to talk with you and to, to share this with your, your your listeners. So just being a champion and ambassador for this space and to help other business owners to avoid the challenges I, I encountered. Working with another accountant at the moment to write a book, Will Farnell. He's writing a book called The Human Firm. So I'm working with him on that. Tomorrow, I'm like I said, I'm going into a college near here to talk to them about my journey to just show them what it takes to to achieve this. And to, I, I do really feel for young people because th- there's so many distractions and things like TikTok and stuff that make them believe that huge success is possible with minimal effort. Yeah. And I want to go and tell them some truth tomorrow. So I'm really excited about that. I am going to write another book, which will be about my entrepreneurial journey. So not just aimed at the accounting industry, but That's in good. general and. And, and the big thing at my moment that's taking up a lot of my time is is health and specifically diet and and so I'm really studying foods and, and trying to help my family to eat healthily. So I've been I've been on a massive study about gut microbiology that I'm studying at the moment, okay. about the benefits of hot saunas and cold water plunges right. on a regular basis to, you know, extend our life. And I, I do think it's really important, just as you've said with a business. It's easy to put your your own business on the back burner while you focus on your clients' businesses. Yeah, it's so easy to put your health on the back burner as well. Yeah. mental health, physical health, and it can be as simple as going for a you know thirty minute walk every day and and things like this. So just very keen on making sure that I'm as healthy as I can be and that my family is healthy as can be as well. And then I really thought beyond any of that so seemed to be absolutely stacked out. So I'm certainly not <laughs> slowing down. No. That's good. That's good. Well, it's been really
1: good to talk to you. Thank you very much for your time. I've learned a lot. I always do learn a lot when I listen to you. So thank you very much, James.
0: Well, look, I'm so grateful for you to have me on. I think you're a very rare breed of accountant. I think there's very few that actually, you know, are having these type of conversations with their clients and they're doing things like this table to give them more value, et cetera. Yeah. And, you know, I genuinely believe that anyone who's working with you is very lucky and blessed to have someone like you in the corner to hold them to account, who can help them to think bigger and dream bigger, but also who's going to, you know, have that difficult conversation if need be to make sure that that they do the right things as well. And if I was working with you, I'd be making sure that I am investing at that right level to get everything out of my business that I could. So just thrilled you invited me on. Thank Thank you so much. Thank you for that. Thank you for that.
1: Hope you've enjoyed the podcast. Get in touch if you need to get in touch. SJC plus zero accountants. We'd love to have a chat with you. Thank you. Bye.